very disappointed in you. You steal the secret of life and death, and here you are trysting with a bubble-headed colleague. You're not even a second-rate scientist. Oh, Mr. West, I'm actually glad to see you. It saves me the trouble of having to send for you. You'll never get credit for my discovery. Who's going to believe a talking head? Get a job in a sideshow. <laughs> Hey folks, Mackenzie Lambert here, your host for Mac and the Movies, where we explore everything from art house to grindhouse. Today we have a good show. Starting off, I will be taking a look at the Reanimator trilogy, featuring the always entertaining Jeffrey Combs as Dr. Herbert West. That being the original Reanimator, followed by Bride of Reanimator and Beyond Reanimator. Only a few days ago, I found out there was a 2017 Italian production of Herbert West Reanimator. I was going to include it as part of this episode. I paid the $2 to watch it on Amazon Prime. I stopped before the half hour mark because it was so dull. This film tried to make a gory short story by H.P. Lovecraft and make it a melodrama about Herbert West and his daughter, which had far as I can tell, does not even figure into the plot of the original stories. I couldn't bring myself to finish it, so I'm not reviewing it for the podcast. Closing out the show will be another giveaway from the kind folks at Paramount Pictures. Before we go into the movies, let's take a look at the short story of Herbert West Reanimator by H.P. Lovecraft. Herbert West Reanimator started out as a serial for the magazine Homebrew. First published in October of 1921 and ran through till July of 1922. The stories are told through the perspective of a medical student who becomes intrigued by the theories of fellow student Herbert West. West believes the human body is merely a machine of bone and meat, a machine that can be restarted. The duo go through a few trials and tribulations, being kicked out of Miskatonic University, dealing with a typhoid epidemic, World War I, and Major Sir Eric Moreland Clapham Lee. The story can be found online in numerous compilations and audiobooks. The critical reception was less than favorable. S.C. Joshi, a Lovecraft scholar, claims Herbert West's Reanimator was Lovecraft's poorest work. Lovecraft himself didn't like it, due to having to write recaps and ending on cliffhangers. He did it for the money, which was $5 per entry. $5 in 1922 would be around $77 in today's money. With that said, let's dive into the movies. How can you teach such dribble? These people are here to learn, and you're closing their minds before they even have a chance. What are He's you? brilliant, but a little weird. I've broken the six to twelve minute barrier. I've conquered brain death. His experiments have always been unorthodox. It was dead. I but lately, they're getting out of hands. And he's just made a discovery that could wake up the dead. Herbert West has affected reanimation in dead animal tissue. What are you thinking? How do you feel? You? 15 cc's of reagent being administered. 
Once you wake up the dead, you've got a real mess on your hands. Dead? Not anymore. Herbert West brought a lot of dead people back to life. And not one of them showed any appreciation. H.P. Lovecraft's classic tale of horror, Reanimator. Mr. West. You'll never get credit for my discovery. Who's going to believe a talking head get a job in a sideshow? It will scare you to pieces. Dan Kane is a student at Miskatonic University seeking a new housemate. He takes in recent new arrival, Herbert West. West came to America due to scandal in Europe. He ends up turning the basement into a makeshift laboratory. They manage to resurrect a dead cat with a mysterious chemical created by West. This terrifies Dan's girlfriend and daughter of the school dean, Meg, and results in the two getting kicked off the campus by Dean Halsey. In an attempt to further experiment at the university, Dan and Herbert sneak into the morgue. They inject the serum into the freshest cadaver they could find. Unfortunately, the reanimated cadaver is aggressively reckless and kills Dean Halsey. Opportunistic as always, West uses the reagent on Halsey. Halsey revives, but is a shell of his former self. In the aftermath, Dr. Hill observes Halsey's psychiatric care and sees this as a means to get closer to Meg. The state of the Dean also draws Hill's attention to West and his work. West kills Hill, decapitating him. Things only get worse when West uses the reagent on both the head and the body of Dr. Hill. Episode 74 featured a three-tenor segment on horror comedies, the segment where John suffered a mental breakdown on a few of the movie selections he didn't feel were comedies. Reanimator was the biggest disagreement. Having gone back to the film for this review, I can stand by Reanimator as a horror film with comedic elements. Some dark, such as the head giving head. Other moments slapstick, uh, the body of Dr. Hill navigating his office for blood, uh, the cadaver crushing Dean Halsey, the cat in the basement sequence. There's even some splatstick, not unlike Sam Raimi and Peter Jackson. I think most importantly, people laugh at this film out of some subconscious defense mechanism. This is a movie that deals with death and the many horrible ways a person can die, as displayed by the various corpses reanimated by Dr. Hill. Death is something everyone at one point will have to consider, because it will happen to everyone. Even you, Jeff Bezos. In order to overcome that apprehension, people will look at a film like Reanimator as a comedy, as a method to overcome the dread of death. H.P. Lovecraft and his works have been brought to film on a number of occasions. Uh, in my review for Dwayne Esper's Sex Maniac, I suggested Herbert West's Reanimator was an influence on Dr. Mearschultz. 1963's The Haunted Palace may share the name of an Edgar Allan Poe work, but actually shares more in common with Lovecraft's case of Charles Dexter Ward. The film itself takes elements from the Lovecraft stories, 
from the dark, the plague demon, and the horror from the shadows are incorporated into the plot of the film. Uh, the rest is filled in by writers Dennis Paoli and William J. Norris. Director Stuart Gordon wanted to adapt the story to a stage play, uh, given Gordon's background in theater. After consulting with colleagues, they thought a TV miniseries would be more fitting. Uh, Gordon would meet with producer Brian Usna, and they would eventually decide to make a movie. Gordon and Usna were able to strike a distribution deal with Charles Band's Empire Pictures. Despite Jeffrey Combs as Herbert West being the focal point as well as the title character, uh, this comes off as more of an ensemble picture. Further evidence of the adaptation's origins as a stage play and Gordon's theater background. Bruce Abbott, Barbara Crampton, Robert Sampson, and David Gale round out the cast. The music score by Richard Band was infamous in its own right, but also fitting of the mischievous nature of the film. The score is a bone of contention for Bernard Herrmann fans, blatantly using the theme of Psycho. Band purposely did this, and he wanted to pay homage to Herrmann. I had insisted on the end titles uh, to credit Bernard Herrmann, you know, for, for the intentional borrowing of... of of the uh, motifs and, and themes, and I mean, you might remember this. Uh, I, I forgot the wording, but it was something like um, my deepest thank, my deepest thanks and regrets and sympathies to Bernard Herrmann for for the use of his themes or whatever. It was something of the sort, but it was always my intent to do that. And uh, but you know, filmmaking, uh, somebody left it out of the uh, of the end title credits and um, that only furthered the the controversy and of course this was not a big budget movie so when I saw that uh, I said we gotta reshoot the credits we gotta this it's gotta be in I did feel very strongly about him and and I was given the option uh, to pay to have them to, I mean to pay for it I didn't have the money to pay uh, several thousand dollars to for them to reshoot the the end credits after appearances in dramas and comedies, actor Jeffrey Combs would make his genre debut in Frightmare, followed by The Man with Two Brains. Combs auditioned for the role of Herbert West and would become synonymous with the role, reprising the character for two sequels. Combs would become a staple of genre film and television. Star Trek Deep Space Nine, The New Adventures of Batman, Justice League Unlimited, Dr. Mordred, The Frighteners, that's just a small sample of his work. Barbara Crampton would have her own noted association with Reanimator. The scene has its basis in a sick pun. The moment ranks as one of the most notorious in horror film. Crampton was a prominent horror figure thanks to films like Choppy Mall, From Beyond, and You're Next. Bruce Abbott as Dan Kane deserves some kudos for essentially being the narrator of the Lovecraft story. He plays just as much a key role in the urgency of the film. He's a respected pupil of Dean Halsey and is engaged with the Dean's daughter, Meg. A serious situation of controversy. Abbott would be a TV regular appearing on Beauty and the Beast, the, the Linda Hamilton and Ron Perlman program, Murder, She Wrote, and MacGyver. David Gale chews the scenery as Dr. Hill. He brings a mix of Christopher Lee and Vincent Price to his turn as a competing mad scientist against West. Another TV actor appearing in Coljack, The Dukes of Hazard, Guiding Light, Tales from the Dark Side, and L.A. Law. 
He sadly would pass away in 1991 due to complications from open-heart surgery. Robert Sampson essentially plays the straight man to the horror antics of West Canaan Hill, Dean Halsey. A storied TV career appearing in Star Trek, Bonanza, Wonder Woman, The Alfred Hitchcock Hour, Love Boat, Gunsmoke, The Jeffersons, Matlock, and Green Acres. I consider myself fairly knowledgeable of Lucio Fulci films, yet Sampson is credited in City of the Living Dead as a sheriff in Dunwich. Clearly he is not the physical actor playing that role, but I'm guessing he did some ADR work for English prints. Um, any clarification would be a big help. In brief parts, there is Peter Kent as the more cadaver that crushes Dean Halsey. Kent made a nice living as Arnold Schwarzenegger's stunt double. Al Barry had the role of the doctor in the cold open whose eyes explode. You might know Barry better as the guy whose face is caved in in the beginning of Halloween 3 Season of the Witch. I know this review comes off as a love fest for Reanimator, but it is warranted. It is a wonderful horror film and stands as a solid example of 80s horror comedy. There is almost no fat to be trimmed and maintains a decent pace throughout. Highly recommended, and hopefully any confusion surrounding Reanimator as a comedy has been explained. Herbert West is not just your ordinary doctor. Others dare not dream what we are about to do. He intends to make medical history. This is no longer about just reanimating the dead. With the help of Daniel Kane. It's never gonna work. It's gonna be uncontrollably spastic. And a few select friends. Mr. took my body, but he cannot take my mind. He's about to bring his dream to life. And God created woman. Someone old. What's dead is dead. Someone new. It's some kind of joke, right, man? How dare you judge my work? Someone borrowed. Who is she? Someone blue. This morbid doodling with human body parts. Is this what it's all about? Something so shocking. It must be true. There is my H.P. Lovecraft's Bride of Reanimator. Are we having fun yet? <laughs> Bride of Reanimator opens ten months after the events of Miskatonic Hospital. Herbert West and Dan Kane are in South America posing as medical staff working with wounded soldiers. Herbert West is using the wounded to continue to perfect the reagent. When the camp is overrun with enemy soldiers, Herbert and Dan decide to head back to Miskatonic. Lieutenant Chapman was investigating the incident over the past 10 months. The return of West and Kane immediately arouses his suspicion. We find out that one of the patients in the Sefton wing is his wife, who died before the Miskatonic massacre. Meanwhile, Dr. Hill is resurrected by Dr. Graves. 
thanks to surgically imp implanted bat wings, he can move around. In the basement of a house next to a cemetery, West and Kane are working on creating a woman using the reagent. They used body parts from the university morgue, including the heart of Meg Halsey and the head of another patient Kane had affection for. When Dr. Hill finds West, all hell breaks loose. Given how the previous reanimator film ended, it makes no sense at all for West and Hill to be alive. West was entangled in the intestines of Dr. Hill's body. Dr. Hill had his head crushed by a zombified Dean Halsey. The film doesn't even bother to explain why or how these characters came back. Granted, there is no explanation reasonable enough that would suffice. You just have to roll with it. Bride of Reanimator is a fitting title since it is a homage to the Universal Frankenstein films. Stuart Gordon made Reanimator as an update on the Frankenstein story. It only makes sense to have Bride be the sequel. While the notion of the previous film being a comedy is up for debate, Bride of Reanimator goes in the Evil Dead 2 direction. From the over-the-top gore and violence, the rich lighting, the variety of special effects, and the camera work give off a more zany vibe. The previous film was mostly cold and lacking the comic book look of Bride. That approach accented the, laminate, the illumination of the reagent. Here, the look and feel is much more playful. Bride of Reanimator fulfills the other main plot threads of the Herbert West Reanimator serials. Bride takes more from the horror from the shadows, plus the final chapter, The Tomb Legions. This attention to detail between the two films is more that can be said for the 2017 Italian Herbert West Reanimator, which makes up its own plot and takes itself way too seriously. Brian Yuzna took over the director of responsibilities from Stuart Gordon. Gordon was working on his adaptation of The Pit and the Pendulum, starring Lance Henriksen. Yuzna's style difference from Gordon was very clear. From Beyond, RoboJacks, and Pit and the Pendulum by Gordon are a contrast to Yuzna's films like Society, The Return of the Living Dead Part 3, or the dentist films with Corbin Burnson. There was an army of special effects artists working on this film. You had John Carl Buechler of Troll and Friday the 13th Part 7 fame, K&B effects with Howard Berger, Greg Nicotero, and Robert Kurtzman, Screaming Mad George, a lot of talent on this film. Returning from the previous film are Jeffrey Combs, Bruce Abbott, and David Gale as Herbert West, Dan Kane, and Dr. Hill, respectively. Richard Band is back to provide the music. Claude Earl Jones played Lieutenant Chapman and was a short but interesting subplot. We find out his wife was one of the resurrected. We don't question his inquisition into his wife's state until West discloses that Chapman's wife showed signs of blunt force trauma, implying Chapman murdered his wife and he's worried she might expose him. Jones was a TV actor going back to the 1960s. Kojak, Different Strokes, T.J. Hooker, Simon and & Simon, and Little House on the Prairie are among his numerous TV appearances. He also appeared in cult classics like Used Cars with Kurt Russell, and he was the coach in Evil Speak with Clint Howard. Fabiana Eudenio was Francesca, one of the number of love interests for Dan Kane. She is certainly attractive. Most probably know her as a lot of vagina in the original Austin Powers International Man of Mystery. 
Bride of the Animator was a much different creation compared to the previous film. It goes more into the comedy and escalates on the gore and body horror. I have a hard time accepting Weston Hill being back, but I guess that's my problem apparently. It is a much better film than I originally remembered. Dr. Phillips? It's a pleasure to meet you, Orrin Brando. Doctor, you made a request to have a particular inmate working with you in the infirmary. Let's get on the table, carefully. Clear! Hi, I'm Laura Olney. I'm a journalist. Do you remember what Dr. West did to you? Stay away from him! Who was the guy who was helping you today? Dr. Herbert West. I want to work with you. Going from rat to rat is okay, but transferring from species to species, it's not right. Nanoplasm is a completely neutral energy. It's the same in rats, dogs, human beings. Throughout history, man has searched for the secret to immortality. She's not getting any fresher. One doctor has found it. It was a theory. But is it worth it? Awesome! Big green shit! Rocks! Dead! No! Welcome to a world where death is just the beginning. A young doctor with a secret past. A beautiful, ambitious journalist. A sadistic warden. A model prisoner. And Herbert West, the reanimator. Beyond Reanimator, he's at it again. Beyond Reanimator opens in the 1990s. Howard, a young boy, and a friend are having a sleepover while being babysat by Howard's older sister. Suddenly, the kids are attacked by a walking corpse. Howard's sister is killed before the police arrive and put down the monster. Moments later, Dr. Herbert West is arrested, but drops the reagent. Howard picks it up and keeps hold of it. Thirteen years later, Herbert West is serving his sentence at Arkham State Penitentiary. A new doctor is scheduled to arrive and requested Dr. West personally to assist him. The new doctor turns out to be a grown-up Howard. Howard and Herbert continue the experiments from 13 years ago. Howard has been studying Wes's reagent. He found a new component that helps eliminate the uncontrollable rage associated with the reagent. But this new component can only be harvested from still living people. Essentially, it is their soul in the form of electrical synapses. Soon, all hell breaks loose from Wes's experiments. Beyond Reanimator is continuing the humorous take on the subject matter from Bride of Reanimator. The scene of a reanimated penis crawling around the ducts of the prison should tell you what you're in for with this film. Again, West is brought back with no explanation for how he survived the onslaught at the end of the previous film. We just accept it. To the film's credit, West manages to make it out of this film alive, so I'll have one less complaint when they make another reanimator film with Jeffrey Combs. Interestingly enough, we find out West was imprisoned after his last colleague turned in evidence. I guess Kane had enough of the emotional trauma Wes's experiment put on him. He lost his fiancée. He lost patience he cared about to Wes's madness. 
it only makes sense that enough would be enough, especially after seeing the monstrosities created by West putting various body parts together. There is a mention of a prison in the final chapter of the Tomb Legions, but it is a passive element as an army of reanimated dead want Dean Halsey released to their custody. Other than that, this is an original story that uses Herbert West. The film was produced in Spain and it shows. Nothing in this film resembles the New England setting that Miskatonic was inspired by. Most of the cast is Spanish. The composer is Spanish while using a nice rearrangement of Richard Band's theme. That arrangement may be my second favorite theme behind the original. If Spanish producers were willing to foot the cash for the film, by all means, it's their money. Brian Yuzna, Jeffrey Combs, and Screaming Mad George return to their roles in the production. Yuzna still has that gonzo style to his filmmaking. Jeffrey Combs is still captivating as Herbert West. Screaming Mad George does his magic and makeup effects. They all elevate the material and give it more credibility than the film deserves. Jason Barry serves as the character whose name references the author of the source material, Dr. Howard Phillips. He essentially takes over for Bruce Abbott's Dan Kane. Jason Barry frequented television and video games. His other film of note was James Cameron's Titanic in the role of Tommy Ryan. Elsa Pataki took on the role of journalist Laura Olney, who was doing a profile on the prison warden. She serves as the love interest for Dr. Phillips. Pataki is a genre regular thanks to appearing in Snakes on a Plane and four of the Fast and Furious films. Simone Andrew played prison warden Brando, a man who abuses his power. This man is a genre legend. He starred in classic giallo like the Death Walks series and The Blood Spattered Bride. A few mainstream films like Die Another Day and The Chronicles of Narnia, Prince Caspian. He was in the recent sequel, The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. Rounding out the cast was Santiago Segura as the junkie Speedball. Segura is considered one of the funniest comedians in Spanish cinema, according to Guillermo del Toro. Segura worked with del Toro on Blade 2, Hellboy, Hellboy 2, and Pacific Rim. Beyond Reanimator is definitely for the fans of Brighter Reanimator, and less for fans of the original film. It keeps the goofy splat stick of Bride... Combs' as West is always a joy to watch. If that's your cup of tea, more power to you. Hey, have fun with it. The bunker thriller American Refugee is now available on digital and on demand. In the midst of societal collapse, the Taylor family's last chance at survival is a neighbor's bunker, where their fate lies in the hands of the family patriarch. When tensions rise, who can really be trusted? Buy or rent American Refugee and watch it today. Unrated from Paramount Pictures. If you want to nab a digital copy of this film, it is going to be first come, first serve. You can go ahead and email me for a copy. Uh, the email uh, to reach out to me with is in the description. And that wraps up this episode of Mac and the Movies. Uh, let me know your thoughts on the Reanimator films on social media or in the comments. Uh, have you seen the Italian-made film in, uh, that was made in 2017 for Herbert West Reanimator? Uh, let me know what you thought of it. I will have a Brucey bonus episode where I recorded with the Cabinet of Dr. Howdy podcast. We talked about the video nasties. We'll be posting it on our respective platforms. Keep an eye out for that. 
that will go up uh, between this episode and the end of the year episode. Uh, the last episode of 2021 for Mac and the Movies will drop on Thursday, December 23rd. Uh, that's going to cover the regular stuff. Uh, that's going to be my favorite and least favorite movies of 2021. Uh, the movies I liked uh, that I covered this year on Mac and the Movies. I will have a special guest for the episode's installment of The Three Tenors. Uh, I'm going to keep that a little uh, surprise. Then I will have an update for January and what you can look forward to in 2022. Until next time, this is Mackenzie Lambert for Making the Movies, signing off. Mm-hmm.